There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you for another week. Um, I've had a couple of weeks uh, holiday in in Scotland, uh, which has been uh, amazing to get away and get out into the into the highlands and have a little break. So while I was away, um, I aired a couple of shows I pre-recorded uh, and last week's show um, with Simon Severino in particular was really really thought-provoking. Um, Simon talked about how to double your business in 90 days and shared the model that they use with lots of companies all over the globe to help them do that. So if you're interested in, in building your business and quickly, you need to do that. Obviously, there's unusual times at the moment. Things can be challenging and tough. Do listen to that because there was some really helpful information, a great formula uh, to be able to help you to develop and grow. Um, I'm um, excited about the conversation today with Pat Headley. Uh, so welcome to, to Pat. Uh, we're going to talk about building new relationships today and the importance of doing that and how we can, you know, even when we're, we're locked away at home, as uh, some of us may, st- may still be, we're not so much in the UK at the moment, um, but we, it is important to keep consistently and proactively building your network, keeping in touch with your network, building new relationships. Uh, and indeed, we're going to talk about that, uh, about that today. Now, um, Pat's also had, um, is, a, is a fascinating lady. She's an investor, an advisor. She's the author of Meet 100 People, uh, which uh, I think is a great topic today. And she's, her experiences working really with thousands of people have uh, inspired her to to, to write this um and and for her um it is about this proactivity and about this consistency uh, now um, pat is the, the founder and the ceo of path ahead uh, she works with um, high growth companies she also invests in a number of those businesses as well and uh, she's taken on lots of formal and informal advisory roles and um, pat spent 30 years with global growth investor general atlantic so it brings a huge amount of experience. Um, she started a career in Bain, uh, the Inco, the, uh, the big consult- consultancy firm. And she's a graduate of Dartmouth College. She's got an, an MBE, I believe, from Harvard, which must be, uh, be an exciting place, both of those, to study. Um, so expect lots of wisdom today. My, my good friend, uh, Daniel Woods, um, who owns the Swedish Wealth Institute and Global Capital, um, he said Pat was a, an amazing guest and recommended to me. So I wanted to mention him and say a, a thank you too. So big welcome today to Pat Headley. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. And thank you to Daniel for making this introduction. Yeah. Well, lo- lovely, to, um, lovely to speak to you today. And I believe you're in uh, Connecticut in yes, the U- USA. So what's... Um, What's Connecticut like as a, a place to live and how's it been during this, this, these unusual times with the pandemic, et cetera? 
Well, it's, it, it is a lovely place to live. And in so many respects, um, we've been very fortunate here that uh, we've been able to shelter in place and um, been able to work from home. I know so many people haven't been able to do that. And I know the pandemic has had devastating effects on, on so many uh, globally. Um, but I, I will have to say, uh, acknowledging all that, that there have been some silver linings uh, to the pandemic. And, and I kind of think of three silver linings for myself. One is that I found that I had some recaptured time. Um, I had reduced my commute to a zero commute. Um, I wasn't traveling for the last year. In fact, I took my first airplane trip last weekend for, it's been a year and a half. And that was the first time I had gotten on a plane. Um, so I had more time. And if you have a little bit more time, you start to think about how you're using that time. Mm. So it's almost as if somebody gave you an extra thousand dollars or thousand pounds. How would you spend it? And, and it got me to thinking about how do I spend my time? Am I productive with my time? Am I focusing on those things that are truly important? So that's kind of the first silver lining that I found. The second silver lining is I think as a culture, we've embraced virtual connections. And we were certainly able to get onto Zoom calls or Skype calls or Microsoft Teams calls prior to COVID. But COVID has forced a different discipline on, on many of us. And I actually think it's been a good thing. I know that people probably max out on some of these virtual calls. But honestly, if you can't get together with people in real life, Having a virtual conversation and meeting somebody in this way can have wonderful positive um, effects. You and I are physically very distant, and it yeah. would be hard for us to get together for a coffee. Yet, I think in the couple of conversations we've had, we've developed shared interests and a, and a way to converse and share that I have found to be really special. And I think I've been able to do that quite effectively over the last year and a half with many new people that I met. So it's certainly not hindered my ability to meet new people and continue to nurture my network. Mm. So this virtual ability, I think, is a wonderful thing. And I think it's great that people have accepted it. And frankly, I don't do as many phone calls. I really do virtual calls because mm -hmm. I find, find them to be better and more meaningful. And then the third thing is, I think um, this time has given us uh, some uh, opportunity to think about self-care. And I do think self-care is important. And I know a lot of people have had real issues with their health through COVID. I actually contracted the disease. I do not recommend it. It was not a fun process at all. So the caution here is, is justified. Um, but it makes you think about how do you take care of yourself? And again, back to the question of time. How am I spending time? What am I doing things? Can I, can I spend my time more productively? And I found that during this time, I've been able to take some of that extra time and focus on exercise and focus on healthful eating and focus on ways to reduce stress. And, and I find that to be valuable. And I hope that I can take the, those learnings and those habits with me as we get back into a new routine at some point in time where people are back on the road and, and moving around a little more quickly than they have been. Yeah, no, beautifully um, articulated. And um, I think it is important to just take that time to to reflect and, and see some of the gifts in it, because there has been, as you say, there have been some gifts in it, haven't there, as well as 
and obviously a lot of suffering for people. Um, but also, I, you got me kind of thinking. I had a week where I would have um, I would have worked in. I live in the centre of England, but I would have had to in that particular week. I was very busy with a lot of clients. But I've had to come to Scotland. I'd have gone to um, central Birmingham. I'd have gone down to London. I couldn't actually physically done the amount of work I did that week. And plus, I would have um, I would have you know burnt up lots of fuel, um, which is not con- you know contributing negatively to the environment. So, and I think it's proved to me that you can do things if, really efficiently if you if you choose to online, uh, and it can work. It is for certain things it's better to be face to face, but it can work, can't it? And uh, um, maybe it's part of uh, living more smartly and intelligently and sustainably uh, too. I completely agree. I think we are our eyes have been opened in ways that would not have otherwise been possible to more thoughtful and productive living and working and finding the right balance and combining those two things. Yeah. So I think we've got our first today on the show. I don't think in with in September the third we'll be ten years old. I don't think I've had a guest on the show who speaks fluent Hungarian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so how, how come you? How do you speak? Come, you speak fluent Hungarian, and uh, I know you have that sort of cultural background. And is there, is there a piece of wisdom you can share from the Hungarian culture that might inspire us all today? Sure. Well, <laughs> my parents are immigrants from Hungary. They met in the U.S. and raised their family. My first language is Hungarian. My parents um, are very proud of their Hungarian culture and wanted to um, to give that gift to my sister and to me. So we grew up speaking Hungarian and they sent me off to kindergarten with no knowledge of English and threw me into the deep end and I, I learned. Um, I think it was wonderful to have that bilingual background. I think even, you know, very specially, my parents gave me two different perspectives on life. My mom um, was an entrepreneur. She had a small business. Uh, She had a lot of disadvantages. She was a woman starting a business in the 60s and the 70s. She had a strong accent, which, you know, at least made her memorable. People didn't forget who she was. And she had no network or educational background that was relevant to speak of. And yet, she really did have incredible motivation. She worked tremendously hard. She had this strong uh, belief that um, you can accomplish your goals regardless of some of the disadvantages that you might face. At the same time, my father was a social worker who loved arts and culture. And so I got, you know, that aspect of life from him too. And, and I think there is something special about having, you know, another culture as, as part of the way in which you grow up, even if it's just the language. Um, and there are so many sayings that my parents used to say when I was growing up. Uh, a, a great one for my mom is, which means basically, if you get up early, you will find gold. And so it's no surprise that I am a morning person, and she was too. But it is the same saying that the early bird catches the worm. And and I think it speaks a lot to kind of the mentality uh, with which she tried to raise us. And I, and I think another great saying that she had, and, and I think it's so relevant to all of us in terms of how we interact with others, she used to say, Sobol ert az ember which means only from words do people understand you. 
So you have to articulate what you want. No one can read your mind. You need to ask for what you need. I mean, that one little saying contains much more richness than just the words itself. But I think that's a really important piece of advice to anyone at any time. It is from your words that somebody can understand what you need and want. And so you need to be able to articulate that. If you need something, ask for it. Make the ask. If you need help, ask for that help. Mm -hmm. So I think some of those philosophies, I think, were, you know, important in terms of, um, you know, how I grew up. But a lot of it really related to tremendous hard work. And there were times of difficulty and, and hardship. You know, my mom made us help her with her business. And there were times that I really didn't enjoy that. But it taught me a lot of things. One is that if I didn't want to do that, I should study hard and try to find my way out of it, which I did. And that, you know, sometimes hard work, you just have to struggle through it and get it done. You know, you need to buckle down and do some of the difficult things. That's a really important lesson. Sometimes people take the easy way out. Look, you know, you look at the Olympics and Olympic athletes. The one thing they have over everyone else is an inordinate ability to suffer pain. And nobody really talks about that because it is very hard to continue to practice and push yourself to the limit and take real risks. They have an amazing ability to persevere despite pain and difficulty. And so I think, you know, some of those lessons are, are important to, you know, to take yourself. Nothing, nothing really important comes very easily. Yeah. It was what what this is conjuring up for me was uh, an experience when I I, I went to I used to have, with one particular role I had with a company called United Biscuit had a very international team uh, and I had a team member in Poland and went to Warsaw uh, to meet them and I was really uh, really taken by in the hotel I was at the people were, were having business meetings at quarter to ten and were work, sitting there working with their laptops really hard. Uh, and it made me realize just how, you know, in that particular country, people were working very hard because they wanted to improve uh, you know, the quality of living, et cetera. Um, they had that kind of pressure to do that. Um, but it made me realize how, how in other countries we maybe think we're working hard, but we're not <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> you know, we're not. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I think a little bit like those Olympics and that focus on, just keeping improving and working hard like you did and your, your family did. Um, you know, there's a, a bit like going back to your point around time. Are we using our time really effectively? Are right. we spending a lot of it? Are we wasting a lot of it? Um, right. We could use it more productively, um, particularly in these times when we need to step up and improve the world. Right. Um, yeah, right. I've got, we've just got about um, three minutes till, till commercial break now, but maybe... Uh, I'm just also just fascinated. You you had an amazing had an amazing education actually at Dartmouth College, um, Harvard, uh, and then you went on worked for Bain and and uh, General Atlantic. Um, have you got a piece of you know Have you got a you know anything that you took away from that which uh, has made you unique? You know. Yes. Um, a piece of. I, I think one thing that, that is interesting is I, um, I decided to study computer science in college. Yeah. And the reason I decided to do that, even though I had lots of interest in other humanities and arts and other topics, was because I figured I needed skills in order to have a job. 
And um, and even though I never ended up coding in my career, I am so grateful that I pursued that course of study because it helped me think about how to solve problems in a structured way, mm. in a logical way. And, and I think that, um, look, any course of study can help you in terms of thinking about um, things and, and, and being able to learn. But for me, that was something that was special, even though I didn't end up actually pursuing a career in that area. And, and one of the other things that I learned very early in my career that I think is important, and I will allude to it again, I'm sure, is this idea that you don't have to be an expert in everything, at least to start. As long as you can find people who are experts and can help you and can teach you, and as long as you're willing to learn and synthesize that information, you can take on almost any role and any opportunity. And so that was a very early learning for me that in a way like freed me and opened up my ability to say yes to things that I might otherwise have thought I wasn't qualified to do or I wasn't able to do in some way. And, yeah. and I think thinking of others as resources and, and guides is such an important part of being able to develop in your career and in whatever you undertake. Yeah. That's why meeting hundreds of the right people. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. That's very, why I say it. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to go to commercial break. And after, after the commercial break, we'll, we'll find out, um, well, we're, going to, we're going to explore this whole area of, of relationships and, and meeting people. And uh, I'm sure Pat within that will also share a little bit more about what, what she what she's does and how the path ahead helps, et cetera. Um, also, a little bit further down the interview, I want to talk about um, a, somebody we both really admire um, called Ted Lasso. So uh, if you've not heard of Ted, we'll tell you a little bit more about him later in the interview. Um, go and have a, have a quick cup of tea or something or coffee, whatever it is. Come back in a couple of minutes with a pen and paper and we'll, we'll speak to you very shortly. Thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome back to the show. I'm with Pat Headley, and we're going to be talking now about building new relationships um, and why you should meet 100 people. Um, I don't know what, over what time frame that is, but we shall uh, hopefully, um, by doing it consistently, um, you can meet a lot more of your life. But let's just, um, just tell us a little bit about Path Ahead and how you contribute, and, and, and then why this um, area of meeting people uh, meeting a hundred people became, you know, a passion for you that you needed to share. Sure. Well, I I spent most of my career with one firm. I think it's a somewhat atypical, certainly nowadays, for somebody to have a very long career at just one company. But I was uh, at my prior firm for nearly thirty years. And, um, and at that point in time, I wanted to get back to my true passion and love, which was working with entrepreneurs directly. And so I, I left with the idea and the goal of investing in and advising growth companies. And in the process of doing that, I realized that I would have to create a brand new network for myself because the phone wasn't going to ring off the hook for me. I would be the one that would have to be proactive in talking to people, learning from them, and telling them what I intended to do. And so I started the process. And over the past six years, I've invested in over a dozen companies, more than half of them led by women. And I've taken on several advisory roles, advising CEOs and entrepreneurs on how they could build values in, in, value in their business over time. And I will tell you, every one of these opportunities came through um, referrals through people that I either knew directly or through people that I was introduced to. And even though I have arguably an incredible network through my prior firm and my prior work, I really had to create a new one. And interestingly, I had to meet people much younger than I am and in fields that are different than, than I had been involved in before. And In the process of doing that myself, and in also thinking about how I might give back, I really got very passionate about the topic of networking. And therefore, um, four years ago, decided to write a book called Meet 100 People with the idea of giving advice I wish I had had when I was first starting out. Mm -hmm. It's also advice I give to my grown adult children who are beyond their first jobs. And I've seen them go through this process of finding jobs and building their own networks. It's advice I give to many young people and it's advice I follow myself. So, and I do it every day. And I also plan on doing it for as long as I'm able to breathe and talk uh, because I find it not just unbelievably fulfilling, but also um, life-affirming in in many ways. And opportunities come my way as a result of those meetings. And I'm also able to help many people as a result of those meetings. And one important way that I do that is I really believe in the gift of introductions and connections. And I think if you have a strong network, one of the best things that you can do is think about which people should know one another. 
and try to find ways to bring people together because real magic can happen when you do that. And it's so gratifying to know that you've brought people together and something wonderful results from that and Mm -hmm. that you can actually do that. So, so the book itself, the whole journey with uh, Meet 100 People is almost a testament to the very message that, that, I'm, that I'm promoting and that I'm trying to share, which is so many great things happen um, beyond what most people think about when they think about networking, when you go through the process of being consistent and proactive in meeting new people. And it's not just about getting a job at all. It's much more about learning, learning about things that you don't know, learning about yourself, building confidence, accessing resources, figuring out what good looks like. Mm-hmm. And I say this often to people, um, if, if you're in school and you have a professor, you can actually say whether that professor is a good professor or not, only because you've had several others. But if you've only had one, how do you know? There's no point of comparison. I think the more people you meet, the more experiences you have, the more you can develop perspective and get context. And so I try to think about networking in a much more broad-based way, not one that's transactional at all, but one that is very much a process of giving and sharing and learning and being authentic and curious. Mm. Mm. I, I love that and really, really resonates with me. Um, I hope you don't, I'll just share briefly. I probably, um, I used to, I got to a point where I owned a share of a, a company that I'd founded and I realized, I got to a point where I realized that I, I didn't have the kind of network that one of my colleagues did in the company. And, and I really wanted to do that. And when I, when I decided 15 years ago to, uh, to move into what I'm doing now, I thought, how how can I build that network, and how can I get to know get to know um, uh, different people? And and the idea of this show came, which has now been running ten years, and it's been the most amazing vehicle to kind of proactively and consistently talk to people. Uh, and and these things are easy to set up, to be honest, these these days and do it. But but having that uh, that discipline of doing that every week. Uh, and, and I'm locked into an agreement to do that as well. So I can't wiggle out, I have to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Has, has um, created the most amazing uh, level of contacts and connections. And I, I still pinch myself that I have the opportunity to do this. And, um, and it's not about making money. It's about, it's about um, learning and, and giving and contributing. And, but obviously sometimes money comes as a result of it. But uh, I really get really get what you're saying. So, how do you advise people to kind of proactively and consistently have the discipline to do it? Well, I think the first and most important piece of it, and I have three pieces, and I call them the three C's. But yes. the first most important piece is to make a commitment. Is actually yes. to commit to it yeah. because nobody else can make you do this. You really have to feel that this is something that's important to do for yourself. And I think in order to make the commitment, you need to take a little time with yourself, look in the mirror, actually sit with a piece of paper and write down what are your goals? What are your objectives? What are you trying to achieve? Mm. Because if you can articulate why and what you'd like, then you're going to be able to think about the people who can help you get there. 
And so that's the step is to think about who can help you along this path of life to help you achieve your goals. And, and also to very much believe that these people will help you. I think a lot of people hold themselves back with the fear that people aren't going to be helpful or they're not going to want to meet and they're not going to want to share their experiences. And I think that couldn't be farther from the truth. I really do fundamentally believe that most people are willing to be helpful. They're willing to spend the time. They just need to be approached in the right way. And sometimes it's a warm introduction that really is the right way to do it. But sometimes, you know, you can artfully approach somebody that you don't know at all and still be able to have a conversation. Yeah. So it starts with the commit, the first C. The second C is to be able to connect with someone. And the connection is so very important. And it should be based on something that is of mutual interest, something that both of you find to be enjoyable or fun. And it can be a business um, you know, situation, but it can also be a mutual love of, in our case, Ted Lasso, <laughs> um, something that we really enjoyed learning about and talking about and sharing with each other about. And we'll talk about that more later in the show. But whatever it is that connects you to someone, that is special. And you have to look for it you have to seek it with in you know thoughtful questions and find the way to get a little closer to someone. Mm-hmm. And the third and the final C, which a lot of people fall down on and is incredibly important, is the continue piece. So if you've made this commitment and you've connected with people and you just let those seeds go follow, you will not see the real results. The continuation is so important. It's the third leg of the stool without which the stool doesn't doesn't stand. And the continuation is anything from follow, certainly following up immediately. That's a key, very important piece of it. But then finding ways to continue the conversation. It could be a week later, it could be a month later, it could be checking in once a quarter, but finding ways to maintain those relationships are really important. And it may not be with all 100 people that you meet, but there will be a small group of people where you do have some ongoing relationship that can be very valuable to both. Mm. And, and I use the term 100 people both figuratively and metaphorically. The idea is to be a large group, uh, you know, not just one or two new people. The idea is to have a goal. That's a bigger goal. And you can accomplish it over whatever period of time you so choose. It could be one new person a week, and then it'll take you two years, and that's okay. Or it could be twice that, and it will take half as long. The idea is to make a commitment, to set a schedule, and to make it as part of your life as exercise or hygiene or whatever it is that you do regularly, because this is something that is that important, maintaining those relationships and building upon those relationships. And there's real richness. Studies have shown that people with strong relationships are healthier and they live longer. This is a part of that process. I mean, you know, people don't say network in order to live longer, but in fact, good relationships do lead to more fulfilling lives. And so that's why the consistency is important. That's why it's important to be proactive and to make the commitment to do this. Mm, yeah, it can definitely bring <clears throat> bring a lot of color and happiness to your life, can't it? It sure can. Yeah. 
Yeah, re- really. Yeah, really, Cal. I remember I had, had a gentleman many, many years ago, I interviewed a, a young, I think he was from Canada, called Sean Casemore. And I remember asking him how he managed to grow his business so quickly. And he said, the response to that was that I, I wrote a list of 230 people that I knew. And that was everybody that I knew. I wrote down the, everybody that I knew. But within within um, the first three months, I'd spoken to everyone, including my mum and dad and my uncle and my auntie and blah, 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 blah. But the, the nice thing is you may be surprised at how many people you do know. And then when you do talk to those people, if you establish a nice relationship, and often they'll recommend other people to talk to. And it kind of grows from there, doesn't it? It sure does. And I think mm. you bring up a very good point, Chris. Uh, each of those people know somebody else who can be helpful to you. So even if you think your, your um, next door neighbor might not be the ultimate source, who knows who that person knows? Yeah. And to reach out and talk and establish a relationship and articulate what it is that you might need as part of the conversation is really important because I've found in so many instances where I say that, somebody will say, I know who you should talk to. I can connect you to this person. The more specific you can be about some of the things that you might need, the more other people can be helpful to you. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we met through mutual connection. Daniel, who's been on the show show before, and uh, Daniel and I now have this relationship. If we interview great people, we share them and we introduce them. So I've just introduced him to two people today. Um, and uh, and that proliferates and it adds That's... extra color and it's amazing sometimes what what can happen as a as a consequence really. Um, generosity so any... breeds generosity. I have found. Yeah. So any any we've just got four minutes to commercial break now. But any any um, sort of real do's and don'ts when you're doing this. Sure. I think it is so important to approach people with a spirit of generosity a spirit of authenticity, and a spirit of curiosity. I think if you approach people with that mentality, it's very different than if you just approach with what is it in it for me. You should really be thinking about what is it in it for them? Why would they want to meet with me? And what can I do to be helpful? And and then Really listen in these meetings. Listen to the people that you're with. Try to hear what they're saying, what they might need, so you can be helpful to them. I think if approached in that way, it the return on that is tremendous because they will also reciprocate and want to be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's very much, do not think of it as a transaction, but think about it as planting the seeds for a relationship. And only people who are older realize how many times somebody might cross your path in this longer path of life. When you're younger, you don't think that 30 years from now, I might have seen that person again and again, or I will have a relationship with someone that I'm meeting today 30 years from now. And in fact, I know that that happens often, and I do. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was just thinking then of... um you know, a mistake that some people I've experienced have made. I've been, when I've been to maybe a networking event or some kind of conference and you, um, somebody p- almost pins you up against the wall and starts telling you about what they do. And then you, you're there for 10, 15 minutes and they, you, you manage to maybe, maybe go and speak to somebody else, but they've, they've learned nothing about you whatsoever. And, right. I, and I think that's a, you know, that's a real kind of, 
um, a mistake that people can make. Certainly, if they're younger, um, they want to they want to try and impress you. But actually, you impress by being more interested than trying to be interesting. It is so so very true. And at a conference or event, you know, go up to that person sitting alone and ask them about themselves. There's huge value in that. Hmm. We're going to go to commercial break now. And and after the commercial break, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso, who you introduced me to, not personally, but you did introduce me to uh, the show. So we'll be back again uh, in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Pat Headley, and we're talking about, about building new relationships and why you should meet uh, 100 new, new people. And actually, just in the break there, you mentioned uh, a book, No One Succeeds Alone, by Robert Refkin, and somebody you'd met a long, long time ago and how good the book was. So uh, um, we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll give him a mention. Um, uh, but, you know, one of, the, one of the things you can do is you can reach out to people if you've, if you've heard them on podcasts or you've read their books or and 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 share feedback if it's positive because um that can be a good way to start a relationship or rekindle it can't it because uh you know we do we do appreciate it and when we do you know you and i probably do this it gives us a real lift when we get some feedback saying someone enjoyed it or they learned something from it or uh, and that can sometimes be the start of a relationship it sure can. I have used that method myself in reaching out to people on LinkedIn. First of all, I, I, I have advice for everyone. Don't ever just try to link into someone without a message or a note. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's, you know, that's not very compelling. Think about a reason that you really do want to connect with that person and write it in a message and note. I never just hit link to someone unless I've already talked with that person and they know me. Somebody brand new who I don't know, I... I try to write a compelling reason that they should connect with me. And I told you about this earlier, Chris, I just did that 
this morning with somebody on LinkedIn who wrote a, a quick note a blog post on the um, leadership lessons that she learned from watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> and since we're both huge fans, she did respond positively, and I will hope to get a chance to talk with her live in the next <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about Ted Lasso then, because uh, you, you introduced me to Ted and you can watch this on Apple TV. And I think it's a, it's a multi award winning now. And yes, it is. It's, it's a lovely story coming from England. It's, it's an American coach who comes over and coaches Richmond FC, uh, which are quite a small, smallish football team in, in the UK. Um, but they suggest they're a Premier League team. However, it follows his journey and it's, it's full of humour and anecdotes. And, but he has some really impressive qualities, doesn't he, when it comes to building relationships. So what, what, what did you learn from, from Ted Lasso? I learned so many things from Ted Lasso, and I'm so excited for season two, which the first two episodes are dropped here in the U.S., and I can't wait. Um, There are several lessons, and and I actually admit to having watched the first season three times, too, um, just as this uh, (laughs) author on LinkedIn said. What I love about Ted Lasso is he... He's genuinely a good person, mm. and and he takes on a challenge to come from the United States, where he coached football and knows nothing about European football, soccer in the U.S., but he puts himself out of his comfort zone, and he takes on a big challenge, and I think lesson one is you shouldn't be afraid of new opportunities, and Ted is brave. He's brave to make that change. He's brave to go into a new area, new arena. With, um, with, you know, not sufficient background, certainly not understanding European football as a game, but he does so because he has confidence in his coaching abilities and he has confidence in his abilities to bring the best out of people. And that's what he was able to do in the U.S. as a football coach. And that's what he succeeds in doing um, in, in, in the U.K. as well. And, and the other imp- very important thing that Ted talks about is he suggests to be curious, not judgmental. And that is a quote that he takes from Walt Whitman. And it is episode eight, which is my all-time favorite episode, where that is shown in in full relief. Um, The episode is called Diamond Dogs. But I I don't want to give it away to those who haven't watched that episode. But it is the episode in the bar where he throws darts. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I think this curiosity, this curiosity is such an important quality because asking people about themselves and understanding where they come from helps put so much into perspective. And Ted does that with each of his players. And he really digs deep to figure out what motivates them. How can he get to them? How can he bring the best mm-hmm. out of them? And I think that's such an incredibly important leadership lesson. I think the third, and I'll only give you um, two more after that. The third is you have to trust yourself and you have to find people that you can trust. And I think Ted does that very effectively with Coach Bard and with Nate, the two people who help him. So his assistant coach is somebody who came with him from the United States. He knows him well. He really is a great counterpoint um, to him. And this young Um, assistant, Nate, is someone who really is a gem that he tries to uncover and polish and give opportunity to so that he can do well. And I I really love that that aspect of 
trusting yourself, but then finding people that you can trust and, and building on that. And then the fourth is building relationships. And I think that's what Ted does incredibly well in, in beautiful ways. He, he even takes the skeptics and those that don't necessarily have his best interests at heart and tries to win them over. And I think, you know, the biscuit story is the best and the way in which he deals with mm-hmm. Rebecca, I think is yeah. truly phenomenal. And, and, and actually, you know, I think it's the end of, um, it's one of the last two uh, episodes in the season where, where they have a, a coming together that I thought was incredibly poignant where because he understands her, he can forgive her. And that's, yes. that's, a, that's a huge step. Yeah. Um, and, and he also has a great quote. He says, do you know what you do with tough cookies? He said, you dip them in milk. milk. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And then the fifth thing that I will say, which just, you know, is, is the reason I think almost all the fans love Ted Lasso so much is because he's truly kind and generous. Mm. I mean, and he's kind in the face of adversity. You know, he's, he's not a happy-go-lucky guy for whom life has been easy. He has his own heartache. He has his own struggles. And yet he chooses, he chooses to be optimistic. He chooses to believe. He chooses to see good things in people. And I, and I use the word chooses often here because I think we each have a choice in terms of how we act and how we are. And look, it's not easy for any of us. You know, sometimes it, it is much easier to be disgruntled. But I think if you choose to think of it differently and be more optimistic, the world opens up in a different way. And, and I, I, I think this show is so hopeful and wonderful. And I'm so thrilled so many other people enjoy it as much as I do, because I think it, it says something about, you know, hope for the future and our humanity. That is such a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was, uh, it was, it's wonderful. And I, for me, it also, because I used to, I, I had a, I'm drunk in that bar where, where, in an episode, in episode eight, I used to live near near Richmond. Yeah. It's one of my favourite places in the world. I think I, I I loved too that he he was in truly himself, wasn't he? He you know, was. He, he was and, authentic. And authentic, you know, and he, he, his character is different, and certainly different to uh, the English character. Um, yet he's consistently himself, and 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 uh, seems to have learned to to try and bring the best of himself to every situation um, and uh, focus that lens and be present for people really. And care. I mean, he, yeah, he yeah. genuinely cares. And I love the scene with Trent Krim, the curmudgeonly reporter <laughs> who he goes out to dinner with. And, you know, at the end of the conversation, Ted says to him, I really enjoyed being with you. And Ted responds, you really mean that, don't you? In, in surprise, but you know, Ted really did mean that. He enjoyed that experience because he cares. He cares mm. about people and he wants to get beyond the facade of, you know, what people put up. Yeah. He's even finds a little a little space, doesn't he, in the even the toughest of heart that just gradually starts to melt really. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think we see ourselves in that. We see, you know, how nice it is to have somebody that, you know, might have that perspective on life. And yeah. I, you know, I wish there were more of us. I'd love to aspire to be more like that myself. 
Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to watch it three times as well now. I think <laughs> you just, uh, you've inspired me to do that. And my wife uh, showed an interest uh, last night in watching it because I've, I've raved about it. Um, I watched it with two uh, of my children and my husband. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the whole lot in a weekend when you, you mentioned it to me. I did. <laughs> it's like Friday and I've suddenly found it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm watching episode after episode. <laughs> but it's amazing how in life and in, even in entertainment, you can find lessons. So, you know, lessons are everywhere and it can be on a TV show that relates to business and life. And sometimes when I read business books, I take lessons away from my personal life. And sometimes when I read books on self-improvement and, you know, personal life, I take away business lessons. So I think you have to keep your mind open for all the incredible lessons out there and try to um, try to synthesize them in, into your own life and into how you are with people. And frankly, the more interesting things you read about and learn about, the more interesting conversations you can have with people yeah. that you meet. Yeah. And the more people you meet, the more other people you can meet with whom you can share these wonderful things. I love sharing recent books I've read or shows I've watched or places I've gone with people that I know. And, and I love hearing about, you know, what they've done too, because that's how I learn. Yeah. I think that, that the point you make about curiosity being, right. being interested is such an important one, isn't it? And I'm, I wonder too, when you have this opportunity to, to meet people and spend time with them, the importance of um, like, uh, like Ted does, but the importance of realizing that it's a special moment uh, and to be present in the now rather than thinking about tomorrow or thinking about what happened yesterday or thinking about my next meeting, um, actually truly being present in the conversation. And when you are, that's when the connection seems to open up, doesn't it? It sure does. And being present in the now is something that I think I've only fully appreciated in the last several years. And and that's a shame because I, I, I would hope that people get that a little <laughs> earlier because you do tend to rush around. And I think if younger people can really think about being very, very present and we can all really enjoy the moment for what it is, that is where connection happens. That is where you feel like you know, your kindred spirits in some way. And, and there is magic there. Mm. Yeah, there is, isn't it? And you can, you can, even through the medium of uh, likes of Zoom, virtual kind of systems, you can, you can feel that connection physically, can't you? Yes. Um, you actually you feel it. You, you know, your body kind of tingles, you feel that connection, even though you might be a long way away. I just realized we've only got three minutes left till, till we, we finish. Um, do you have um you know what what's what's um what's the future like for you and now um you know what's the contribution that you want to make moving forward and and also do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with i mean what's um what's coming up sure. for you well the future for me is to continue to work with the companies that i am involved with to continue to seek like-minded people um, to continue to bring people together, because I do think there's such value in that, and to continue to learn. I've learned about myself that what drives me is a deep sense of curiosity, and I love to learn. I actually believe life is all about learning, and we all continue to grow and develop at different rates and at different times. But if you think about life that way, then it is much more rich, and there's less of a downside. Um, probably as a final thought, I really do hope this conversation has inspired your audience 
to think about networking differently. And I hope it's inspired at least a few people to reach out to somebody within their network or to meet somebody new this week within a period of time, set, set a time frame, and to really be thoughtful about the huge benefits that can come from doing this consistently and proactively. Yeah. Well, it's been hugely inspiring talking to you. I've really, really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I you know, love thinking about your kind of Hungarian-speaking background, immigrant family, and the, how hard your, your family worked, develop, and then, you know, out of that came in all that effort and energy and work. Eventually came an amazing education, and you reached out and met lots of people, and now you're, you know, you're owning and being a share and developing lots and lots of companies and making a huge contribution. Anything is is possible with curiosity and focus and attention and, and meeting lots of people. And if you want to find out more about the book um, and meet 100people.com, that's uh, I think a good resource to go to, isn't, isn't that really? Is that yes. the best way for people to connect? You know, um, that is a great way for people to connect. There's some more um, you know, content on meet100people.com, but feel free to connect to me on LinkedIn as well. Great. Thank you. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. On, on next week's show, we've got Paul Downs. Um, we had a, a, a fascinating show with Winston Marr about uh, Hunt for Unicorns. And it was all, all about uh, these big um, global kind of growth, um, national growth um, funds. But it was, it was, it was really fascinating. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to talk to his co-author about that next week and further develop our thinking because it's good to understand the systems that go on, you know, when it comes to finance and acquiring business and businesses and uh, um, it was just just mind-blowing last time so if you're interested in understanding the, the background to the, the business world uh, today and what's really going on uh, do tune in next week to pull downs and once again a huge thank you to my guest today pat headley it's been wonderful thank you so much chris We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.